Hello, everybody, and welcome to my podcast series called The Power of Pain. My name is Elizabeth Berrocal, and I'm a mental health therapist specializing in women's issues and EMDR therapy in private practice in San Antonio, Texas. I have studied, researched, and traveled all over the world, and I am hoping to share my expertise and share my experience to help guide individuals in finding their meaning and their purpose in life. My goals and desires in this podcast are to speak about how we, as people, go through many painful periods throughout the course of our lifetime, and how we can successfully come out on the other side of the pain through self-transformation. I'm looking forward to being on this journey of self-discovery and transformation with you. Follow me into the next few episodes as we learn to harness the power of pain. Hello, this is Elizabeth, and thank you for joining me today on the podcast series, The Power of Pain, Episode 2, A Mother's Abandonment. So I wanted to introduce a guest speaker that I have for today. Her name is Bella, and she's wanting to kind of discuss some situations that she's been through regarding divorce, and furthermore, and most importantly, the separation that she's had from her children as a result of the divorce that she's been through. So I wanted to introduce you, Bella, and if you can just kind of tell us a little bit about your presenting problem, some of the things that have gone on, and and things that you feel like you want to address today with me. Well, hello, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's a delight to be collaborating with you today. Um, My situation, unfortunately, is not a unique one to uh, divorced mothers. Um, We see it every day where it's a contingent divorce, where there's a lot of animosity on both sides. Absolutely. The children are caught in the middle. Right. And mine was no exception, you know, where there was a, a, you know, an extramarital affair and that impacted the relationship. And and now Mm -hmm. there's a struggle between um, the, the mom's. The, the stepmother and the actual mother on who's the mother of these children. Right. Um, and so the battle is so great. And then you have a father that is um, pushing his agenda mm-hmm. onto the children. And it, it creates this horrible, horrible struggle um, between the, ma- the natural mother and the children. Right. And that's where I found myself. Right. And from my understanding, Bella, you have not had any contact with your children for what, eight years now? Yes, I had the girls for the first 12 years of the divorce and I raised them by myself. Mm -hmm. The father was, um, you know, there one day, not there another, and you know, off and on, was never consistent. He never was consistent in um, his uh, financial support of the children um, in any capacity. And it was always a struggle to try to get him to do his job when it came to being responsible for the girls. And we were always in court. We were always battling every single year. So we can pretty much, we can say that this was a very contentious divorce. It was a very painful divorce. And Mm -hmm. it definitely caused the separation between you and the children because he took the children with him out of the city, correct? Yes. Well, at first they were with me. And so then he all of a sudden, you know, dove into some new business practices. He was always kind of doing something to make money. And um, so he got into some scheme and he made a bunch of money and then decided that he had to leave uh, San Antonio and he moved to Austin and um, bought this huge mansion, basically lived a Rockefeller lifestyle. 
all that that entails. And the kids were just, you know, starry eyed with it when it came to that. Mm -hmm. And I lived a humble life here. You know, I worked hard and I, um, I took care of the girls. I had a disciplined schedule for them and, and, um, it wasn't the life that they were leading this jet setter life, you know, and they were, um, uh, being wooed on the other side very heavily. And correct me if I'm wrong, rather than fight with them or in fight with the father of the girls, you allowed the girls to make their own decision as far as letting them reside with their father, correct? Because this was something that they wanted and you were not going to impend them with, you know, with your agenda, I guess, so to speak, as far as having them here and would prefer for them to be where they are at their happiest. I started seeing that they, the struggle was becoming... Um, very, very difficult for the girls back and forth. They were getting um, a little bit more unruly with me and um, they were um, becoming disrespectful and they were bucking my system more and more. The more disciplined I was trying to be, the more angrier they got and the more aggressive their father would get on issues. And um, I hated that they were caught in the middle of everything, no matter what it was. And it was such a huge... Um, struggle to see the girls suffer like that, that I, I just, I, I'd rather take that burden mm -hmm. on than have them suffer the burden right. of it all. And I've seen too many right. divorces where these kids were, um, these kids were not put first, you know, and so I put them first right. and I put myself and I let them go. I let right. them go to live that life because he could provide a, a stellar education and a, and a you know a two-person um, man and woman home for the well, you brothers did what there. you felt was best for their needs in the yes. moment and which reminds me you know as you're telling me mm -hmm. this it's reminding me of this particular part of scripture where there's a story of two women and they're each of them are fighting over this one child yes and in the moment the only person that would be able to make the decision was the king so they took their situation they took their problem their fight to the king and the king said, well, let's split the child right down the middle. And one half of the child goes with one woman, and then the other half goes with the other. The and then one of the women said, you know what? Yes, let's do it. Let, that sounds fair to me. But then there was a second woman that said, no, she can keep the child because I would rather the child be whole. And that's a mother's selfless love. And you have to remember, Bella, that... You had the best interest of your children at heart. You made the decision at the moment in time where you felt that that was best for their needs. That's exactly right. You know, and granted, that doesn't mean that situations change along the way. Mm -hmm. And maybe those were some of the decisions that maybe, you know, we would rethink at this particular time. And, and maybe we would even attempt to do something different, you know. But at that time, that is what worked best for you and for them in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wanted to highlight that there's no, there's no shame or there's no feelings of guilt for allowing that to happen, for allowing your girls mm -hmm. to go with their father. Yeah, it's like I stood in front of the bullet for them. You right, know? Exactly. I didn't want them to suffer anymore because I started seeing the struggle in them in school and in just in their, their behavior, I started seeing them act out and I did not want it to have long-term effects on them. Now... I know we've spoken before, but I wanted to ask you a little bit more in depth. What do you do to fill this void? So when you have had no contact with your girls for years now, how are you filling this void inside? You know, because really this is a grief. This, you are grieving. You're going through the grieving process 
and you have been for the past few years, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a lot of ways, this is a lot worse than death because with death mm-hmm. comes a finality. You know, this is very open. You know, mm-hmm. you know that the girls are around. You know that they're one phone call away from you and you're one phone call away from them. And so mm-hmm. in essence, it makes it a lot harder, a lot harder to move forward and to move on. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, what are you doing to fill this void? I think one thing I've learned to do is forgive. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is a big thing. Absolutely. I had to find a place because um, hate just there's just no room for hate. Yeah, in my you, heart. you can't it, you can't live and like love that at the same time. Absolutely, and, and I just cannot. And so um, I've learned to forgive their father and forgive their stepmother. And forgive the children. And the most important thing is I've learned to forgive myself um, for letting them go. Because I was angry that I let them go to begin with. Mm-hmm. That I should have, you know, you go through this process where you feel like I should have just never let them go and be selfish and kept them and not cared. But that's not my nature. But I was angry with myself because I did let them go. And I had a lot of people telling me, well, you shouldn't have let them go. And all of this stuff. And right. It goes back you to you that. did what was mm-hmm. best for you and what was best for them in the moment. And, yes. And learning to be okay with some of the decisions we yes. made. You know? So I accept that which right, I right. can change. And yeah. self-acceptance, it's a part of growth. It's a part mm-hmm. of healing. And you're doing all the right things. I also know that you're a very spiritual person. Mm-hmm. So you have actively sought refuge in the church and mm-hmm. in your spirituality, which is another fantastic way. Um, you know, and... Also, too, you're a businesswoman. You've, you've always had these thriving businesses, and so you know how important a plan of action is. So tell me a little bit about um, what is a perfect day for you? Um, well, there's two perfect days for me. Right. I'll give you one is with the girls in it. With the girls in it is my older girl, um, daughter, would bring the girls as a surprise to the house knock on the door and then I open it and then there's all three of my beautiful daughters. And we embrace and God has healed and he is restored. To me, that is the perfect day ever for me. And I, I visualize that day and we are together and we are whole again. And then um, my other perfect day is that I just stay busy. You know, I stay busy with, with the things I love to do and creating and and helping others achieve their goals and, and, and work, you know. I um, I help people build their businesses and I, um, I love seeing people be successful and I love being a part of that. So that gives me, um, that gives me joy. Absolutely, and most importantly, mm-hmm. you're so right, you're, you're, you're doing all the right things because when we begin to find a meaning and purpose of the pain, mm-hmm. we're already starting to heal. We, we have begun the process of healing by doing so. So you have found purpose and meaning in your pain. You have turned that. You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of people that don't know what to do with their pain and they would prefer to ignore it and pretend that it didn't exist. But in doing so, what people don't understand is that it's detrimental to a person. It's detrimental to a person not to face their pain. But you've turned, you've faced it, and you're doing things with it. Now, will a mother's love ever go away? Absolutely not. Will the pain always reside there? Absolutely. But the thing with you is is that you're learning to live alongside of it, Mm -hmm. which is very important. You know, and like we were discussing earlier, we go back to a plan of action. Mm -hmm. So you know that there's going to be a day when your babies come back home. There's going to be a time and a place 
where they're going to come back to you and they're going to realize and think upon all the formative years that you gave them, all the formative love, structure, organization that you provided for them when they were babies. You really think so? Absolutely. I believe it wholeheartedly. I believe that it's in human nature. It's in human nature to reflect upon these things, but it has to be in the right time, the right place, and the right circumstances. Yeah. And have faith in that. Yeah. It's very difficult to trust the process. And when we learn to let go, we're trusting the process. And I'm not telling you, let go of the girls, but I'm telling you, let the process go forward. Let it kind of mm -hmm. flow through you and let allow what happens Happen. And we move forward. Okay. And we move forward. And granted, it's way easier said than done. You know, if, if I can invent the magic pill to make us forget about situations <laughs> exactly. in order for us to move forward, oh my God, I'd be a billionaire many times over. I know. But you know, there's something as contradictory as it sounds, there's something very beautiful in going through the process of pain. It's how we look at it, you know, how we can use it to our advantage. And how we come out the other side. And you know, a big thing about, particularly about this podcast series is that you're giving a voice to the pain. You know, mm -hmm. maybe there's somebody out there, many, many people out there, men, women, who are listening to your story and they're going through the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. You've already put a voice to the pain. Yes. And that in itself is an incredible gift. Mm -hmm. So I always like to say, when we look at the small things, this is when we kind of complete the puzzle. We have to, to fit all the smaller pieces, not the larger pieces. And then they make up this big, beautiful puzzle, but it's kind of learning about them and, and working through them and recognizing them, I think is very important. When we speak about our plan of action, you're already, you already have it in motion, mm -hmm. right? You're already doing all the things that you need to be doing. You're living your life. You're having these feelings, and, and feelings are, are human emotions, right? They come and they go, even though this particular one, you know, mother's love is very different from, from any other feeling, and it stays with you virtually all the time, but you're living with it. You're not allowing it to keep you down. You're recognizing the pain, and you're sitting with the pain, which is very important, but at the same time, you're moving forward. So you're doing everything the way that you should be doing in, in a very healthy way, you know? Yeah, it's hard. Um, I mean, it's, oh. it's not easy. I mean, oh. to, to have so much love to give and then have it rejected, yeah. it's not something that is in our nature to be able to deal with easily. Absolutely. So it takes work. Right. So for anybody that is going through this, I ha I've had to work at it. Mm -hmm. I have really, really had to work at it because it's taken a lot of work to get me to this point where I can love differently, mm -hmm. love more intensely, mm -hmm. forgive, um, and see when something's being done to me immediately, for, turn around and just forgive it on the spot and cut the pain right away so that it doesn't kind of attach itself to me. Absolutely. So it's taken a lot of work of, of me having that, not only self-reflection, but um, seeking help out, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's from therapy or it's through my religion or whatever avenue it is, it's working because I'm much better than I was. I mean, I couldn't even leave my house for a long time. I couldn't be around other kids because the pain was so great. Right. Um, so it's made a big difference. You know, and as a therapist, any good therapist mm -hmm. is gonna be a sounding board, right? Mm -hmm. We shouldn't necessarily be giving advice. You know, we right. should be a sounding board and holding up a mirror to you. And so what you're telling me right now is, is that you have found a deeper sense of love. Mm -hmm. You found a deeper sense of purpose. Yes. You're taking into consideration and an appreciation what's around you. 
So you have, throughout the course of this time, you have learned things and yeah. you have had, you have made progress and you have been moving forward. Mm -hmm. So I wanted, you know, to kind of hold that mirror up so that you see the positive things that you've come through mm -hmm. in regards to this pain that, that's devastating. And mm -hmm. there isn't a pain such as a mother's love. There just isn't anything, I think, that's comparable to the pain a mother has for their children as far as their love is concerned and like you said the rejection of it all mm -hmm. you know it, it it's a very difficult emotion to process rejection yes you know and it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of self-work mm -hmm. you know but you're actively seeking it so I highly encourage people to do the same actively seek self-care self-reflection you know, take into consideration some of the things that you, you're learning through as you're going through the pain process, mm -hmm. you know. So I wanted to ask you, what's your takeaway? In general, my takeaway is find your peace mm -hmm. within your struggle. Find that um, kind of that light that is meant for you and only you, mm -hmm. for you to come out the other side um, more whole. And I think that my takeaway in understanding what that light is has given me that peace. And that, like you told me before, you know, the the I've kind of reached the milestones, and I've 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 managed to heal in the, this process where I never thought I would be healing. But when you really look at it in its entirety, I have healed. And my takeaway on all of that is that. I'm not as bad as I thought I was because the healing is working Absolutely. because I'm open to it. And that's Absolutely. the key, I think, Miss Elizabeth, is I think it's the key is you have to be open to heal. And you're doing a marvelous job. I know for a fact that you're an incredible person just in every way, shape, or form. And like we discussed earlier, letting the process take its due course is so important, mm -hmm. in particular for you in this situation. The girls have to be ready in order for them to come back. And when they do so, you have your arms wide open for them. But until then, work you on live me. your life. You work on you. And I always like to encourage writing things down, doing a little bit of homework, right? Mm -hmm. we, we write things down because there's something so therapeutic and so cathartic in, in writing things, whether it's a letter, whether it's an email. Take that letter, burn it. Mm -hmm. Write it down in a journal, look at it, visualize it, put emotion into it, and then let it go. Because it helps, it, visually it helps to see what you're feeling down on paper. So that's one tool that you can use. I also highly encourage some form of self-meditation. Right, self-care isn't about going to the spa and getting a mani and pedi. And although that's whole, fun too. Although that's amazing and that absolutely is self-care <laughs> to some extent. But there's more to it, mm -hmm. you know. And self-meditating, grab yourself five or ten minutes in the morning. Mm -hmm. Think about the things um, that you want to accomplish during the day. Give yourself positive affirmations. I like to tell my patients Tell yourself, whether it's on your telephone or writing it down or, mm -hmm. you know, on the notes on your app, three positive affirmations a day, three things that are good about you. And it can be anything, anything that is good about you and look at it, you know, and 21 days makes a habit, mm -hmm. right? So it takes 21 days to make a habit. So when you look at something and you visualize it, it becomes a habit 
these positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. It becomes something that becomes ingrained into you when you see these positive things about yourself and you believe it, mm -hmm. you know? And again, it goes back to the power of transformation. This is how we change. There is absolutely power in pain, right? But again, it goes back to how we harness it. We have two ways. We find the meaning either in a positive way or in a negative way. And it's only up to us to decide which way we're deciding to go. And these are very difficult decisions. You know, they're not decisions that are easy at all, but they're the decisions that only we can make because there isn't a person, there isn't a therapist, there isn't anybody that can help you with your own situation. You know, you have to go through it by yourself. You have to live it. You have to grieve it. And then you move forward, you know, and it, yes. it's, it's something that, that can be done. So as we wrap up, I just wanted to give a very heartfelt thank you to Bella for sharing her experience and for sharing with the audience, you know, something that's very personal to her. And, and I really believe that there are people that are out there that are listening to her story that are needing to hear it today. And I encourage those people to really take what you need out of this conversation and apply it to you as best as it can be applied to you. And remember that we each have a purpose and a meaning in life that we have to fulfill fill and we move towards it. So I encourage my audience to get ready for some serious work and some serious thought-provoking time with me as you follow me on over to episode three. Thank you and goodbye for now.